So my name's Kelly Lawrence, and I am what they call a swing keeper. Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a passion for animal conservation. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, and conservation organizations. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, anyone who can help me in my mission of connecting my people to animals through their people. Join me on my raw safari. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome back to the Raw Safari Podcast. All right, so, y'all, back when I started this podcast, I had no idea what these episodes were going to look or sound like. Well, really just sound like, because it's not a visual podcast. Uh, but I I had this kind of funny image in my head that, you know, I know that at a lot of zoos, these keepers are working their tushies off, and that taking an hour away from doing their work probably wasn't going to be a super likely thing to happen. So because of that, I thought maybe what would happen is I would just like, I don't know, follow people around and we would talk about stuff. And I actually thought that would be kind of cool, but it's never happened until today. Technically, you heard some of this last week, and you've heard other times where we've done the interview or part of the interview while out with the animals or while, you know, doing some things. But this episode is kind of the closest thing to what I initially thought the podcast might sound like when I started this. So this week, we are back at Scoville Zoo. And as you heard, we're going to be hearing from a swing keeper named Kelly Lawrence. Then a little bit later, we're going to be adding another person. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But um, so, okay, in case you don't remember this from last week, uh, when I got to Scoville, I was just kind of thrown in. People were very happy to talk to me, but it was just going to be part of their day. And so I started out on the penguin exhibit and actually helping with the penguin feeding. And then we, we talked while um, there was some scrubbing happening. And when that interview ended, I was walked into the commissary and handed off to Kelly Lawrence, who was prepping the diet for Lolly, the red panda that lived at the zoo at the time. And we just immediately started talking, which you will hear. It was just a conversation. It was the interview before the interview. And we were a couple minutes in and I was like, all right, I think we're doing the interview. I should probably hit record on my phone here. Um, and so I did. But like diet prep was actively happening. So the first part of this interview takes you through Red Panda diet prep and also like some of her career and stuff. But you're going to hear exactly what's happening as the prep was happening. Then we walk to the Red Panda exhibit and do some stuff there. Then we go and feed some goats. This is the closest thing that you can have to listening in on a day in the life of a zookeeper actually doing their nifty little zookeeper work. 
And actually, um, I, you know, I really didn't know exactly what the timing was going to be, but it was clear that we were getting towards the end of our stuff and I was going to be passed on to the next people for my experience at the zoo when all of a sudden Kelly got a radio call asking her to deal with a particularly stubborn kookaburra at the zoo. And so we veered off course, and you're going to hear that, including when another keeper, Michaela Osborne, was called in. And Michaela and Kelly talked to me some more, and we'll introduce you to um, this incredible uh, bird named Irwin. I just, I mean, I love kookaburras, and you are definitely going to hear from Irwin. So yeah, this is such a a kind of cool and unique and different episode. And um, because I wasn't sure exactly how it all was going to play out, you're going to hear the poop story. Poop story. Really early at the beginning of the episode, like maybe 20, 25 minutes in, something like that. But there's still a lot more content to come. So don't be thrown when you hear me wrapping up the interview and think, wow, this was a short one. It it wasn't. It's just a kind of, uh, you know, rolling with how everything's going kind of thing. It's exactly what keepers and apparently podcasters have to do sometimes. Um, yeah, so this is a really cool, really fun, really, I don't know, I enjoyed it. So I hope you do too. So um, quick reminders, make sure you hit subscribe, make sure that you're following along on the socials at Ross Safari or at Ross Safari Pod on the TikTok machine. And uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Kelly Lawrence and then Michaela Osborne of Scoville Zoo. <laughs> Is it okay if I record this part? Too? Yeah. Just, okay, cool. Just want to make sure. Thank you. They all have different diet sheets. Okay. Um, and every animal has a diet sheet. And our goal is to, like me, I've been off for a few weeks. Um, so I need, I can come in and, and know exactly what this animal needs uh, without having to ask a million questions or if, you know, something were to happen like COVID and stuff when we were, you know, yeah. when there was issues. You need somebody to be able to come in, know what that animal needs, and um, and it's all written out for us. So we have boards that are daily changes, um, and then we have our diet sheets that um, there may be, we have to check both because there may be just a day or two change here, but... Um, in general, this is what the animal would get every day. Okay. So we don't have anything for red pandas, um, three stalks. In general, it's, it's about what the same. So we're going to make the diets. Um, she's already had her morning diet, and then she gets a 10 o'clock diet, and then they all get afternoon diets. Nice. So, and we have to split it up so much because when they're outside, the animals help. So squirrels and ground squirrels are eating her food. So we try to spread it out. So she's getting what she needs, and we, uh, there's a little extra in there for the ground squirrels and the <laughs> whoever else we're feeding. Fair. Um, so let's see. For her uh, 10:30 diet is 25 grams of fruit. Uh, limit four grapes. Um, <laughs> Grapes are their favorite, but grapes for them are like candy. Right. So it's like the equivalent of giving your children candy. Um, and then we have here what she likes. Apples, pears, grapes, cherries, plums, apricots, and sometimes peaches or nectarines. Wow, she's not picky at all. She's, I know lots of pandas who are grapes and apple only yeah. when it comes to 
Yeah. yeah. And um, and we've had some that are more picky than others. And it changes day to day, to be honest. She, right. Sometimes she's, you know, she's like, no, I'm not having that today. <laughs> so we're going to go in the diet over, I mean, in the uh, refrigerator out in here. We have a big refrigerator. Cool. So in general, we buy a lot of stuff. Partnership with Kroger's. Okay, nice. So the produce that they no longer can sell is still good. Right. Um, it just may not look as attractive. Right. I already have grapes out there. Um, so they um, give us what they can't sell. So we go every other day and we go through what they've gone through. Once it's yucky, um, we can pick and choose what they give us, you know, from what we need. But we also can, um, you know, it lasts us a few days, and it changes every day. I have an apple out there. Let's see. Pick one of these. All right. I think I have enough fruit out there. All right. Um, so That's so cool that Kroger does that. Right. So it's not going, you know, as much of it is not going to waste. And, um, and it saves us a lot of money. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay. I like that a lot. So let me grab um, five grams of fruit. So we're going to give her four. Let's try some grapes here. And as you're prepping this, uh, can you tell me your, your name and like what your role is here? So my name's Kelly Lawrence, and I am what they call a swing keeper. Okay. So I uh, my day changes every day. So when I come in... Um, I never know what's going to happen. So if someone calls in sick, I help out where they're, you know, they're not at. Um, if, uh, if in general something has happened during the day and we've just, the full-time keeper or the uh, keeper of the area that day is in, uh, you know, really overwhelmed and busy, I help out any way I can. And at some point, I'm trained in all the areas, so at some point, I've worked with every animal at the zoo, um, just not every day. Right. Well, then I have to ask, what is your favorite animal to work with at the zoo? Um, well, I have a couple favorites. I have um, a flamingo that we hand-raised a few oh, nice. years ago, um, and I love her. I love the spider monkeys I, and the lemurs. Um, and I, I like anything. I, I mean, they're all a little different. There's a tortoise that I love, you know, um, and things like that. So it's just, you know, it's, right. a, it's different every day. Um, like I said, I get to work. I have the pleasure of working with a lot of different ones. So that is helpful. And, um, there's there's only one animal that I don't like here. Ooh, okay, well, now you have to spill. Who, who's that? I don't like the hissing cockroaches. Okay. I don't. Um, I even like the tarantula better than the cockroaches. I, That's funny. I, uh, they're not my favorite, so. All right. Well, hey, that's, that's allowed. All right, let's see. She gets 25 grams of fruit, so let me get some that's already seeded what we got here. I like that y'all have to um, plan for the 
the uh, the squirrels and stuff. Yes. I enjoy that tremendously. Yeah. <laughs> they have. Okay, and then she gets uh, 150 grams of chewy biscuits, which I forgot to bring out. All right. We'll grab the biscuits. So she does not like her biscuits crunchy. Um, How old is she? Uh, Lolly is, oh, my goodness. Okay, so she's just a diva. Because, yeah. like, I know a lot of pandas, when they hit, like, their teens, don't like their, their biscuits hard because of their teeth. Yeah. But, no, no, she's just a diva, then, is what we're talking about she here. Just, like, so we, <laughs> uh, we soften them. We puree some fruits Oh, in there. look at this. Yeah, you do. And um, so she gets a, a little bit of a combo here. And so we make little meatballs for her. And, you know, and she is a little spoiled. So we do little meatballs. I was, was going to say, she's a lot spoiled. I love this. This is adorable. <laughs> but we, you know, we went through and just found that there's a whole lot less waste this way. Yeah. I think that is, uh, is awesome. And so as far as me, I, like I said, I, you know, have worked with everything at some point. Mm-hmm. And um, and I enjoy that. I like I like being a, a swing keeper and working with everything. And yeah, that's very cool. How did you get your start in the field? Um, I've always wanted to be a keeper. And actually, I got started much later than most people. My husband was uh, military for 20 years, and traveling around and moving every two years is not conducive to get in a zoo job because no. there's too hard. So we did that, and then when we retired, or when he retired, um, we moved here in this area, and I, uh, I was hired here, and I've been here... Uh, September will be 17 years. Oh, wow. Okay. It it seems to be, from what I'm hearing, that people, this is either a place where they, like, come to start or where they come to stay. That's right. Yeah. Um, We, like you said, like I was telling you about our uh, nine-month hires and our interns, we we train a huge amount of interns and things like that. So it gives them an idea of this is what they want to do with their life. And then it also helps them decide uh, small zoo versus big zoo, which is very different. Yes. You know, um, here we get to do everything. And I personally like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to do the bad stuff too, mm-hmm. you know, clean toilets and haul hay and all that kind of stuff. But then you also, you know, I'm given medication and a shots and things like that. In a large zoo, they have vet techs. Right. I wouldn't be doing that. Right, you know? right. Yeah, no, that's really so, cool. I dig it. I do enjoy that part of it. Too. Nice. All right. So she gets 25 grams of fruit for her lunch and 150 grams of chewy biscuits. Then we'll go out and we will cut um, some bamboo for her. Sounds good. All right. So uh, bamboo. Yeah, so we grow some here. Yeah. Um, all this. summer long, we can pick from this. Nice. And a lot of time in the fall and early spring, we can pick. Also, um, winter when I when we're in the dead of winter here, we have to uh, order it in. Okay, gotcha. And it's, it is very expensive. 
I find that kind of surprising because I know it grows so well. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so, and depending on how they tend to eat it better, seems like in, you know, I mean, and it may be it's so hot here in the summer they don't eat as much. Yeah. Know, in general. Um, but so we go through a lot in the winter too. Gotcha. Let's see. She said she hasn't been eating right, so I'm not going to send them big stocks. How do you choose, like, the, all the stocks look the same to me, but you're you're being very picky. So how do you choose? So we're always looking for some that doesn't have bird poop on it. The birds <laughs> love to sit cool. in here and roost. Makes so sense. I'm looking for that. Also, so, um... We just try to give her, uh, you know, they like the bigger leaves. Right. Um, try to give her a good variety of what she might like. And um, anything that's dried looking or anything like that, they won't eat at all. Okay. So. Um, yep, I got that. The panda meatballs. Panda <laughs> meatballs, yeah. We and um, now the the bamboo that is in her pen or in her exhibit right now, we will um, if she hasn't eaten it very well today, then we give it to the goats. Oh, the goats nice! Love bamboo. Oh, really? Yeah, that's and so we cool. Don't, they don't normally get it because we, you know, it's a priority for the red pandas, right? And stuff, but they can have whatever they've not eaten. Oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah, with pandas being picky, I guess that, that gives some good opportunities. Yes. That's very yeah, cool. So, and the goats, they'll, I'll, you can go with me to put it in there with the goats, and they love it. So. That's awesome. Love goats. Ah, so now we are walking off to Pandaville. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So Lolly has been here um, for a while, and... Hopefully we'll get her a mate soon, and I don't. I haven't talked to anyone uh, about it, so I'm not sure what our um, protocol is right now. But um, they're part of the SSP program, yes. so Sarah Glass, the SSP coordinator, is a good friend and has been on the podcast. So, so yeah, yep, so. I know they're meeting. I think next month is when they're meeting for the next uh, breeding Rex. So hopefully, uh-huh. hopefully. Yeah. Pretty cool. Tell me about Lolly a little bit. What's she like? Oh, she's a good girl. She's pretty sweet. She's pretty um, social with nice. us. Nice. Um, she, um, like I said, she is a little bit of a diva, so she has <laughs> that going on. But she's she's pretty good. Cool. All good. I don't know how active she'll be because the heat is so strong today. Yeah. I, I know how pandas work. All right, so let's see. Um, Mindy said she already had done her water, so we're just going to do poop cleanup, Sweet. and then we're going to feed and take out her old bamboo. Should I bring the bowl in now, or should? Yeah, okay, you can cool. go ahead and bring it in. And do you need these nifty things? Yes, okay. I'm going to have to see. Um, her mister is not working correctly, so oh, no. I'm going to see what the problem is. And I brought out a couple new ones to see if I can fix it. Cool. She loves her mister. I Poor bet. thing. She's one of the few animals here that um, uh, 
that hates our uh, summers, loves our winters, but hates our summers. Right. She does have an air-conditioned building if she chooses to go in. Uh, we do give her that option when it's so hot out here. And... Um, uh-huh. Oh. So, so that's good for her too. Right. She can take a break if she needs to, but most of the time she does stay out here good. Well, yeah, she knows she has an adoring public. Yeah. <laughs> and we do have, Hi, uh, baby. like I said, the fans and the misters and all that trying to keep her right cool. Hey, girl, what you doing? Hi, Lolly. Are you going to come over and say hi today? Now, she is a little more skittish when there's more than one person in here. Okay. Like, uh, what is going to happen? Hi, girl. Do you want some food? Get rid of that so I can see your face. Oh, that's a good face, Lolly. Hi. Hey, darling. Do you want to come down? Am I scary? You're beautiful. The mister is kind of working because yeah. I'm getting misted. Getting misted a little bit. Which, given the temperature today, I will take. Let's see if she'll. <laughs> I can step back if you need. You just tell me what to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm if you to... want to step back, I would like for her to come down and yeah. you be able to feed her. Most all of the red pandas that we have, we are able to hand feed. Um, in the past, they, you know, we haven't had any that I can think of that were uncooperative and. Stuff. And they're usually very gentle about taking food when they yeah. do take it. Uh, sometimes they will take it with their little paw, and sometimes they just bend over and take it with their mouth. But I've never had one be aggressive towards me like that. They, they'll either be, um, I'm not coming down, or they'll uh, or they'll take it. There you go. Oh, you're going to go see them. Okay. Oh, hi, sweetheart. Did we get brave? Hi. Are we besties now? Hello. Oh, hello. You're going to go? You're so pretty. Here. Okay, if you want to just hold it like that, sure. she comes back by, or she may have just been coming to see what you were doing. I'm just hanging out. Do you know what a podcast is, Rolly? <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> oh, she's such a little sweetheart, though. Yeah, she is. She's super sweet. Can we come get a cherry? No? Okay. All right. Well, we'll put your bowl up Oh, here. hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, is she coming? She's coming. Okay. Let's see what happens. Come here, baby girl. Look what I got. Hi. Oh, are we besties now? Here, did you want the cherry instead? Did you want oh, the cherry? Oh, wait, we can oh. hold it up there. So she wants Wait till they know. Oh, you used girl. your tongue. That was good. Good that girl. was really good. What a good girl. Hi, baby. I got another grape if she refuses the cherry. I know cherries aren't as exciting for most pandas. Oh, there we go. Oh. Do you want it? Oh. She's like, it looks like a grape, but then. Cherry, do you want the grape? We'll trade. Oh, here, baby. Come here. That's an actual grape. No, no, it's a real grape. She's like, no, I don't trust you. She doesn't trust me. <laughs> that was cute. Go. Look at her being so brave and coming yeah. over here. What a good girl. Aw, that was sweet. I've, I've had experiences at zoos where I'm told like an animal isn't really into people that much. Mm-hmm. And then they'll come over like that to me if I give them some time. Yeah. And it always like 
it just gets me really emotional. I'm just like, oh, thank you, baby. It is super sweet. Yeah. And um, and it's it just shows that they can tell your demeanor and you know how you are with people and animals. Yeah, yeah. I think I was I was talking to a friend about the podcast recently and saying, um, like a, a newer friend that I got to meet, and saying, like, you know, yeah, and I get to meet these animals and it's always gone well. There's never been a problem. I've had these cool experiences, and uh, and she was just like, oh. Well, you can't bullshit an animal, so you must be a good, like, clearly you're an all right person because, like, that you can trick true. humans. You can't trick an animal. I was like, yeah, that's all. I'll that's take that true. as a compliment. That's, that's and real. And that's what, you know, um, so many of our keepers, I'm, you know, I'm okay with the public. I, li- I like to, um, before I came here, I taught preschool. Oh, nice. You know, so I love children and stuff like that. But I knew I wanted to be a zookeeper. So, um, but... We have had a lot of teachers that have worked here because, you know, we do have to interact with children and the public and give keeper chats and all that. But then um, we have a lot of keepers that they don't, the public is not why they're here at all, right. you know, and that's, that's great. Um, and so they just, uh, they just really love the animals and don't want to have to deal with it. Now, sometimes they still have to deal with our, right. uh, with people and stuff. And it's part of the job nowadays. It's part of the job. And, and one of the more interesting things to me when starting this podcast was that I know kind of that the old... Um, the old way of thinking was that a lot of people become zookeepers because they don't want to deal with people Mm -hmm. and they only deal with animals. So I was actually pretty nervous that like, you know, I'm trying to get people who don't like to talk to talk to me. And it turns out that while there are still people like that in the field, for sure, more and more people are getting into the education side and into like, you know, keep like you said, keeper chats and all that kind of stuff and and wanting to do it because of their passion of sharing about the animals. Right. And, and, and that's, that's been cool. Uh, that happens a lot. Like if you get us going on the animals that we love, sometimes we can't stop. That's that's yeah. actually why. So, um, you know, I tour around the country as a musician. And I go to as many zoos as I can. And um, I would always just like start talking to keepers and I would ask like, oh, what's your red panda's name? And I would just ask about a name and I would get a 10 minute soliloquy <laughs> about, you know, personality and oh, and we have this mate and we're hoping to breed and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, and I thought there should be a podcast about this. And there wasn't. So I was like, I volunteer as tribute, basically. Uh, and that, so yeah, but it was literally just starting to talk to keepers who were so passionate that they can't shut up sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I can't shut up sometimes. So it's good for a long interview. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, and, and, and we also were wanting to spread the conservation word. You yes. Know, yes. In any way we can. And if that means that we get out of our comfort zone and talk to people, we will, just because that's what we, you know, we want to, our goal is to save these animals. Yes. As much as we possibly can. Absolutely. And so. to go along with that, when I was not recording earlier as we were walking, you mentioned that the zoo works with a couple of conservation organizations pretty regularly. Um, do you want to talk about that for a second? Yes. Well, we have um, our AAZK is our chapter here. 
Um, I happen to be the president of it, but it's nice. a very, I will be, I'm actually going to be covering the AAZK conference in Akron this year for the podcast. Okay. So I'm really excited. Oh, that's good. We have actually two keepers that are going. Nice. We're a very small group. Mm-hmm. We go from anywhere. Since I've been here the 17 years, we've gone anywhere from two people to 10 people. Then we go back down, you know, <laughs> we're all over the place, but we're a small zoo. So we do what we can. Um, and we do, we, uh, we contribute to uh, Snow Leopard, Trees for You and Me, and uh, and the Red Panda Network on a yearly basis. What is Trees for You and Me? I've not heard of that okay, one. Trees for You and Me is a conservation <laughs> platform, if I can reach up here and not fall. If you need a hand, I can. Oh, you got it. Okay. okay. I was going to say, I'm a little taller than you. Just a little bit. And, um, <laughs> It works with planting trees in a way that's going to help. Um, there were they work with. Um, it's a combination of trees and you and me and the polar bear. Uh, oh, okay, uh, polar bear international. International. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they work together. All right. On the issues that they have, and um, and polar bears are on my high priority list. I. But um, so. We do that on a regular basis, and then on occasion, we throw in a couple different ones that keepers have brought to us. Watch out. I don't want to support you. With eh. it's, uh, I've already been misted today. <laughs> well, and this is such a great example of, I think, one of the amazing things about zookeeping that people don't always get to hear about. So you're a zookeeper, and we've been hanging out for about a half hour now. And in that time, I have watched you prep a diet. I have watched or heard you talk about the fact that you have to administer medication and stuff like that from time to time. I have watched you clean. Uh, I've watched you, you know, interact with an animal, which is what most people think zookeeping is. Yeah. And now I'm watching you try to fix a hose that is a mister. Those are a lot of different jobs. I we, like how this is just showing all of that. We have a huge amount of jobs. We, Especially at a small zoo like this, mm-hmm. we do not have uh, people that come in and prep our exhibits. Right. Keepers prepare these exhibits. Mm-hmm. So when we have these branches, they go out, our keepers here go out and cut these trees down um, that are in areas, or we have a greenhouse uh, group, and we tell them what trees, if you're cutting down an area, this is what we need. This is the branches we need. We know how to fix things. We uh, Keepers have done all of this work. We don't Amazing. have people that build. Wow. Um, a lot of times, it just depends. Now, big zoos, they have the funds mm-hmm. for that, and they have the people that do that. Um, so like I said, when we do a... You know, we get to do the good with the bad. Um, it all um, comes out in the end. So, like, we're always joking. I, I'll do something. I'm like, well, I can add that to my resume now, you know? Yeah. Because you just never know what you're going to do. Um, hi. She's so pretty. Oh, my she God. She is a pretty girl. So, we have all these shoots that she can go in and out of to go to her uh, air-conditioned room in there if she wants to. Um and all different things. All right, if you want to step back for a second, I'm going to turn this on and see if we can get a good mist on her going. All right. I'll pause the recording for a second. (laughs) Okay, okay, the mister's working. The mister's working. 
I am so glad that was fun. And I am not complaining. I, I, I'm happy to get my hands dirty. So yeah, that's hilarious. That's wow. Okay. So that's how the misters work. That's how it works. <laughs> so we can take all this stuff out cool. and then I will turn that on for her out here. We grabbing this bamboo yeah, too. Awesome. Bamboo. This is becoming goat bamboo. Yep. Yay. All right. Goodbye, my friend. It was nice to meet you. All right. Got the bamboo here. All right, girl. And one thing I do in my mind, and I've done it since I've been here, mm -hmm. is I know. I think to myself, food, water, locks, clean. And we're done. And then that way, I know in my mind, this animal is good. And I have not left it unlocked. <laughs> Nobody's going to get out. Everybody's safe, healthy, and strong. It's good. How do you turn the mister on? Okay. Other I, than, you know, when I'm standing in front of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to just go over here and do this. And it's just right around Oh, here. cool. Perfect. Turn it on from out here. Great. Let's see if I can get it at a good height for her. Want to hear the, the funniest thing I think I've ever heard said by a zoo patron? So I was at uh, the San Diego Zoo, and at the time, Clark was their red panda there, and was on this big exhibit that had, obviously, at San Diego, so they have misters going, right? Yeah. And this, uh, this woman was looking at Clark, and uh, she said, oh, look at the fox, which, you know, we all hear that all the time, whatever, right? She goes, oh, look at the fox, look at the fox. And then the misters came on and she screamed and went, oh my God, it's peeing. It's peeing everywhere. And we're talking a mister that filled the entire exhibit and like got on us a little bit and stuff outside of the exhibit. And I, I looked at a friend that I was with and I was just like, does she think it's like a large bladder fox? Like how, how does she think it's peeing everywhere in the entire oh exhibit? Well, you, I'm telling you, we, we used to keep a book of all the things that we've heard and has done. <laughs> and, uh, um, one time a few years ago, another keeper, actually the herp keeper, and I were going to a meeting. Mm -hmm. And we rounded this corner over here and we got to... Oh, probably right over there. Hi. Hi, Doug. He's our maintenance guy. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, Hello. We got to there, and we saw an older woman um, up on the platform, the little step up they have for the alligators there, and she had a cane over the fence. Oh, okay. Poking the alligator, and she <laughs> turned around, and she hollered, He is real! <laughs> And Ryan oh, no. and I, we looked at each other. I'm like, did she just poke the alligator? <laughs> oh, no. Like we would have a non-real animal. Oh no! And uh, and we and I said that's the first time I ever had to say, "Ma'am, please do not poke the alligator with your cane." <laughs> I was like, words I never thought I'd say. There's a lot of more like, <laughs> and. Um, that's an amazing story. So I, yeah. So you never know uh, if you want me. I take that. Okay. That's amazing. It's time now, don't you know? We've come to the end of the show. 
There's one tale left to go. You're gonna laugh and say, oh no. It's time for the Ron Safari poop story. Well, it's a pee story. Okay, great, great. Let's, uh, go ahead. So I was working with the Golden Lion Tamron, and um, we have to do their TB checks, which is an eye drop okay. that they give. And then after the eye drop is given, the next two days, we have to take pictures of the eye and get as close as we possibly can. Um, the Tamron I was working with was a little skittish, way up there, you know. So I got my camera, and I'm trying to get the picture, you know. And I got it. He held still. It was one of my favorite golden line cameras, by the way, anyway. He held still, and he, um, he came down a little bit closer. I, right as I snapped the picture, of course, then thank had my mouth open. Oh, no. Peed right in my mouth. Oh. And I, I, <laughs> so then when I got home, of course, I ran, spit, gargled, all that stuff and everything. But when I got home, kissed my husband, you know, and he's like, how was your day? I said, monkey peed in my mouth. <laughs> and he's like, you couldn't have told me that before we kissed? And I'm like, no, because it was much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's so funny. So that's my... All right, so now we are here to give bamboo to goats, which is honestly a sentence I never thought I would say. I didn't know they'd like it so much. Yes, that's it. so cool. And I can tell because they are flocking to it. Yeah, they're all over here saying, yes, give it to us now. This is amazing. All right. Who knew? All right, where can we stick this? They also do not like it on the ground, so we have to prop it up so they they won't eat it if it gets on the ground very much. Who knew that goats were such divas? <laughs> How old is this little goober? Uh, that one is. Uh, oh hi! Oh, that's my arm. Now. Like okay, I just had a goat try to eat me. No, I'm not bamboo, that. friend. <laughs> they do that a lot. I, I was not offended. It was okay. <laughs> That's last year's baby. Hi. What's last year's baby's name? Um, let's see. That 330. Is, I, have to, I have to say, here we have, uh, oh my goodness, Dorothea. That's Dorothea. Okay. Hi, Dorothea. Dorothea's the one who tried to eat me, so I like to know the name of the animal that, you know, tried to eat me. Oh, there we so go. So every year in the goat yard, we pick a theme mm-hmm. of names because mm-hmm. we go through so many names. And last year was um, artists. Okay. So we had Monet, and we had, oh, so many different artists. But that's Dorothea. And then this year is a Disney theme. And so we have, um, I'm trying to think what their names are. I haven't been down here in a while. But it's all, it's all a Disney theme. Nice. I'm going to go give this one. Oh, cool. Sounds good. Say that again. So all of our poop, poop shade, pine shavings, uh, straw, bedding, things like that. Yeah. We compost. Um, we don't compost um, primate. Okay. Um, and but everything else. Oh, I'm sorry. No, my bad. I'm my usually bad. I'm used to cutting. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm used to being a good boy and staying on the path because I like zoos to like me. Okay. <laughs> and excuse me, we compost. We have this huge compost trailer. Everything goes in there. We dump it about every other day, every three days, something like that. Okay. And we have um, our greenhouse people 
use it for compost to make, you know, all the, the mulches and, you know, they do all that. We have a couple farmers that take it for their garden areas. And um, so nothing goes to waste. Nice. I love that. Even the waste, it doesn't get yeah, wasted. Yeah, even the waste doesn't get wasted. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, I'm always... I love that I get to cover zoos of all sizes mm -hmm. because you get to, like you said, I'm, I'm talking to people who have worked with every animal at this zoo today. And then, you know, you'll go to a zoo where somebody works with three animals and couldn't tell you the name of an animal on another string. Right. It's really interesting to see, like, both sides of it. And, and that's why, you know, I, I work with everything, but um, there are times a keeper will come up and say, you know, Charlie is not feeling well today. And it takes me a second because I'm just like, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Oh, okay. I know. Right, you know. right. Yeah. Um, I got to learn the people's names as well as the animal names. That's what I struggle with more. People names? People names are harder for me. Yeah. Animals, animals are less less challenging for some so weird this reason. Is our, this is compost. This is compost. And there's just one. so much poop and so much hay, and it's yeah, great. It yeah. all goes in there. We can cut through here. Cool. And I'll, um, and then we all our branches get uh, mulch. We have we take that to the greenhouse area, and they mulch it. Um, so we try to keep things going all the time. Nice. So next to the building that we're in, it looks like it's a house. Does, do people live on grounds, or is that just like a building that was a house and got converted into a... Well, when yeah. the zoo first started, mm -hmm. that up there was the curator and the director's house. Oh, my goodness. Um, this house was built later. Okay. And this is now our... It's We call it the Eco Center, but it's our education uh, for camps okay. upstairs. The downstairs houses our mobile zoo animals. Nice. And some of them, uh, some of them also have outside exhibits for the summer that they can be out in. Cool. Um, but uh, right now, no one lives on the premises. Gotcha. Okay. So very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Very cool. Okay. So you got any other questions? I think we covered it all. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. No problem. I was going to say if. If you're wanting to um, see, like, our mobile zoo animals, or if you'd rather talk with a nine-month hire keeper. Or... I would love to see the mobile zoo animals. I'd love to see okay. everything and anything, if you haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. All about it. I mean, the animals are just amazing. So, yeah. Well, let me talk to Sarah, and she's in there today. All right, great. And we'll see if you can spend a little time with her. And Faith, Faith is an unpaid intern that's okay. with her today. In the summer, we usually get anywhere from two to six unpaid interns. Mm -hmm. um, they're usually still in school, trying to decide what they want to do. Right. Um, the unpaid interns that we've had so far this year have been very good, um, but I think all of them have decided this is not exactly what they're striving to be, which is good. Good to, to know. Find out now. Yep, good to know. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you. All right. All right, and now it is time to head off and uh, see what happens when we try to corral Irwin the kookaburra. The other day I walked in, he tapped me before I could get in and get in the Hi, Irwin. Are you going to be a good boy? So, uh, Irwin is a kookaburra. Yes. 
And you're in there with Erwin right now. So Erwin is an ambassador, you were saying? Yeah, he's a, one of our ambassador animals. So he goes, where are you going? Okay. Tell him. Tell him what your life is about, huh? Good story, bud. All right, buddy. You want me to... Okay. Are you going to be sweet? You're not, are you? I can tell already that you're not going to be sweet. I think salty is the word you were yeah. looking for. <laughs> Michaela's over there. We may have to call Michaela. To... Hey. What, you just get in your carrier? How about that? It's a nice carrier, bud. Go on in there. Go on. He's thinking about it. Good boy. That'd be a good boy if you just got in there. Oh, well, he pulled no. back. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't want to. Sure. No, thank you. Then we won't have to get somebody to help us. There you go. <gasps> oh, oh no. he tricked you. Yeah. He literally went halfway in and then oh, was yeah, like, now nope. you're going to attack And me. now he's, yep, hugely ferociously attacking your feet. <laughs> what a cutie. Oh, you're a turd. I know, but you're going to hurt me. Yeah, I told you you're going to What are you doing, bud? Mmm, rotten. Why are you being so mean? That is such an interesting thing to have had a relationship with a bird. Yeah, and like I said, it was was a great relationship. We did everything together. And yes. Do you have a second to come to Irwin's pen back here? I do. Um, And I try not to promote him biting me because I want to get back. Right. You know, and we have some days where I can scoop him up and he perches on my arm for a couple minutes and then he starts attacking me. So I'm trying to stay away from the attacking part and just get the good part. But like today, we're not going to have it. That's so interesting. Um, But for his first three, four years of his life, we were together a lot. Yeah. And you, he's attacking me. He doesn't like you either. <laughs> this is going well. This is going really well. Hi. I almost got him in the carrier, but then he backed out. Oh, buddy. There you, there you go. go. Right up boy. on the arm. Aw. What a good boy. Yes, Look at him being such a good boy. Be nice. All right. I'm a nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, he's so oh, cute. Like yeah, and and um, I was telling him about that we used to, me and him used to do everything together, and then I introduced him to uh, the keeper that he hated, and and then it was and it was downhill from there. So, so I have two weird questions about that. First uh-huh. of all, is does that is that hard for you, like to to lose that relationship? Yes, yes I figured. Yeah. But second of all, does it make you? question that person like what their integrity because like of what we were talking about earlier where like you know animals like i said you can't bullshit an animal right so if an animal like really hates someone and i know it could be something as weird as you know he might like your piercings and not like you know if i had a tattoo out he might attack me but since it's covered it's fine i know animals are weird about stuff sometimes but like does it ever make you wonder a little bit like it, what's wrong with this person it does it does some because he was a very nice man he was a very good keeper mm-hmm. um had a lot of facial hair. Mm-hmm. Can be that, yeah. I don't Never know, know if it was something like that. 
We do know that Erwin does not like bracelets. He doesn't like necklaces in general, anything like that. Uh, we've had volunteers that have come with bracelets, and, and that's a no-go. And once he, like that, once he attacks you, then it's down. He's, He's done. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, um, makes sense. So, yeah, I do wonder what it was because he was a nice man. Yeah. And birds don't generally have a great sense of smell. So, right. you know, you can't put it up to that. Like a dog can mm-hmm. smell different things and stuff like that. Want to hear the craziest animal story I've ever experienced? And this is with my pet. Okay, my, this is with Lexi, my, my chihuahua. She's a long-haired chihuahua who is not at all a chihuahua. She is a cat, okay? So she's not yippy. She's not yappy. She's not attacky. None of that. So one day, and I had only had Lex for a little while at this point. I'm out on a walk with my um, my ex now and uh, and Lexi. And um, we met a guy who my ex had gone to school with, and he had a little baby girl. And he was holding the baby, and he's like, hey, can my baby pet your dog? And Lexi's great with everyone. And I, you know, we pick up Lexi, and Lexi lunges and starts snapping. I've never seen anything like it from this dog. Right. And I'm like, whoa, when I pull, I'm like, I'm sorry. She's not been around a lot of children. Maybe it freaked her out. But like the girl was, everything was fine. And Lexi's growling and like fighting with me to get out. And I'm like, the hell is going on here? Right. Two days later, that guy shot his partner and had a shootout with cops. Oh, lovely. And I was like, Lexi, I love you. And she's never been problematic with another human. Never once since. And I'm just like, I don't know what the hell she knew, but yeah. Yeah, anytime, at this point, if, if Lexi ever went off towards anyone, I would instantly be like, yeah, no, I'm done. Like, yeah. I don't know what happened, but get away. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, this is Michaela. Hi, it's Hi. nice to officially Bobby meet you, John. Michaela is a part-time year-round like nice. me. Okay. Um, she started out as an intern. Nice. And um, I was only, I didn't start out as an intern. I, I was hired right away. I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. Well, look at that flex. She's like, I'm a little better than you, yeah. Michaela. Uh, no, I was a summer intern, so I was an unpaid intern. Mm-hmm. I only worked here for like a month, a month and a half. They're like, do you want to get paid? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be sure. Um, but I was still in school. Um, I was right. working on my bachelor's. And I, so we went, they worked through school with you and everything. Dang, because, that's really cool. Because we liked her. I was going to say, you must have been awesome right from the start. We like I mean, to, that's what that means. We like to keep what we like. Yeah, you know? no, 100%. Like, do you want to get paid? And I'm like, well, I can't do the nine-month internship because I'm still in the smack middle of my bachelor's program. Um, but I would love to. And they're like, well, you can just be a part-timer. And I was like, awesome. We love nice. that. And that's, that's so cool. just what I've been and, ever since. And so she's part-time and she also teaches. So nice. She, I decided to go back to school and now I'm teaching. All <laughs> right. So she well, teaches. She's we have um three keepers that teach through the school year. Wow. Come back. They sometimes they work some during the school year mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then they come back during the summer. So are the, the human students the hardest uh, animals that you have to work with? A hundred percent. hundred percent. I ride horses, I work here, and I'm over here like Children <laughs> are going to be the death of me. Um, no, Amazing. they're great, though. Um, this year will be my first official year as a teacher. Nice. Congrats. A, uh, para pro. And um, so I got to work with some of the students that I know I'll get this year and with all the teachers and stuff at the same school. So I'm very excited about it. And I'm still going to school at the same time. <laughs> it's a lot. Deep breath, deep breath. <laughs> deep good, breath. good. We have one week of summer classes left, so we're doing great. Nice. Well, that's good. What's your favorite animal to work with here? Oh, that's such a tough question. I know. Um, so I mean, lemurs and red pandas because I like the hands-on experience mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also really love the wolves and cheetahs because I like big carnivores. Yeah, I get that. Um, I get that. So for two different reasons. 
And see, when I first started, our cheetahs we went in with. Oh, that's so cool. And that was that was an experience I'll never forget and I'll never have again. Right. Um, now these cheetahs. Yeah, they wouldn't want to go. You don't want to go with them. Yeah, in two weeks, I'm dropping an episode with Laurie Marker, uh, the person who runs uh, Cheetah Conservation uh, Foundation, uh, Cheetah Conservation Fund. I always do that. But anyway, and uh, but I want to go and volunteer in Namibia and like with the cheetahs and like get to you know. I think that would be incredible. Yeah, it's one of the dreams. Well, our first two boy cheetahs that we had here were hand-raised in Africa. Nice. um, At a reserve there. And Dave, our curator, went over, learned how to take care of them, and then came back with them. I didn't know that. Yeah. And and then um, they lived their whole life here. They died at a ripe old age, both of them, and they were brothers. And then since then, we've had a couple different groups and They've been moved because of the SSP program mm-hmm. and different things. Right now, we have four boys, and they're all brothers, and and they're not social. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh-huh. So, like, the last two boys, I'd go in with them if, like, there was an emergency. I'd be like, yeah, I'd probably feel comfortable. I'd be able to make it out. I don't know about these. <laughs> <laughs> the last two boys, they were partially hand-raised. So uh, I don't know that I would have went in with them. But I mean, emergency situation, child falls over. Right. That, like, I think we'd make it out. Like, I right. think big cats, loud noises, they scare them. Like, I right. think that they would But these four boys, I don't know about oh, this. And, and no matter how long you That's work funny. with them, when you walk by that fence and they swipe at you, oh, man. you jump. Yeah, and you're just like, shoot, I knew that was going to happen. I know. It does it every day. <laughs> it's key for enrichment every single day. Yeah. So, anyway. That's hilarious. All right, we're going to cool. go take her. It was really nice meeting you. Um, we She's awesome. Yeah. And she works a lot. She is trained also in all the areas. Um, she works a lot in the herp. Okay. Oh, herps are great. Everything's great. I like I like animals. Yeah, it's hard. This, this is... When everybody, it's so hard when people ask this, what's your favorite animal? I was like, ah. You know, you it's know? really funny to me because that is a small zoo specific thing that I have I have discovered. At big zoos, I think it's just because people work with less animals. Right. Um, almost everyone has a favorite. A lot of them start off and say like, we're not, we don't have favorites. And I go, yeah, shut up. What's your favorite? And they go, okay, my favorite is blah, you know. Yeah. But whenever I'm at a small zoo where everyone knows all the animals, that's when they're like, all, all of them? I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's so hard. And like, you know, we've had keepers that have been here for a few years learning all that they can learn, but their goal is to work. They don't want to work with hoofstock. They don't want to work with this. They want to work with big cats and yes. that's it. Or they want to work with primates and that's it. Um, and I don't know. I can't choose. I just right. can't choose. So. Oh, it's good that you don't have to. Such a great time. Such a unique look at a day in the life of a zookeeper when there's a weird dude following along, holding up a cell phone and trying to talk to you. Uh, It was so great getting to know all those animals and people. And then when we finished up there, uh, I got to go to the Ambassador Building and meet basically the entire Ambassador Collection. Uh, there was no audio from that, um, as as the there was some there was just a whole lot of noise going on at that point. Um, but uh, I will put up pictures because it was a really amazing time, and it's always cool to get to meet a bunch of animals. So yeah, I'm just really thankful to Scoville Zoo for 
frankly, existing and uh, being near where I was on this gig where I thought I was in the middle of nowhere. It was really exciting to get to spend some time there. And I met some really amazing people and some really amazing animals. And, you know, I think that is something that just really fills my heart when I think about it, not to be all goofy sounding, but like, man, I just really love the fact that there are these amazing, you know, accredited facilities all around the country, many in places that you wouldn't think could really sustain uh, a zoo or an aquarium or whatever, with these incredible people who are just there living their lives, maybe in these small towns, but um, really focused on just being there for the animals and being awesome. It brings me a lot of joy. So uh, yeah, I'm so thankful to everyone at the zoo for just welcoming me with with open arms. It was a great time. So um, yeah, uh, that's really all that I have to say about that. But I would like to say thank you to my patrons, especially my Red Panda level patrons, Dr. Laura Shank, Dr. Stephen Williamson, Barbara Bennett, and Jenny Owens. And to remind you all that we will be back here on Friday with the Zoo News. And hey, the word credits backwards is Steiderk. The Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Rossi. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.